It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Score North and scorenorth.com. All right. Okay. Purple Daily reassemble. Purple Daily reassemble. So here's what just happened. Mm-hmm. We just recorded. So I'm on the road here in Cincinnati for uh, Hubbard Radio Meetings, and you guys are in your home studios here. So we assembled to do a our Thursday State of the Vikings offense episode. We just did 40, I might say, brilliant minutes. Brilliant minutes, clearly, on the the state of the Vikings offense, including a big section about the run game struggles. They're averaging like 34 yards a game, and Alex Madison is struggling and all this stuff. And So all of that's in there, and it will be part of this episode. But just know that the microsecond we got done, when Declan clicked stop and we got done, breaking news, of course, Vikings acquire running back Cam Akers from the Los Angeles Rams, a guy that Kevin O'Connell worked very closely with as the offensive coordinator of a Super Bowl team a couple years ago. Or was that the year he got injured? Cam Akers might have been out that that, uh, 2021 season. He came back from a torn Achilles, didn't he, to play in the Super Bowl? Okay, that's what it was. I think that's the Aaron Rodgers. Can A-Rodge come back? They're like, Cam Akers did it. So we're going to address this trade now, and then we will just sort of segue into what we already recorded, and it's fantastic, Um, despite the production is top-notch. So here's the deal. This is the trade, according to Adam Schefter. It is a swap of 2026 draft pick. I don't know how that winds up happening. Like, how do you negotiate? Like, why not a swap of 2025 draft picks? Is it because the Rams... Uh, did they trade all of their 2025 draft picks they and 24 draft a, picks for that might be part that? of the reason right, why for all, all these yes. players Stafford and all these guys they traded for. So Cam Akers um, last year with the Rams rock solid, you know, 188 carries, 786 yards, uh, four and a half yards of carry. He's still only 24, 25 years old, but this season so far, 22 carries for 29 yards. It's just been, uh, not a great start to the season for Cam Akers. He was uh, available, and the Vikings are desperate at running back. So what do you make of this? What do you make of well, this? Well, he, he was benched last week. Um, yeah. He was in, inactive for the Rams in their game against the 49ers, and he also had a run-in of some sort, and I don't know the particulars, but O'Connell coached him and his friends with Sean McVay, so I'm sure he knows. He also had an incident last year of some sort with the coaching staff, or there was something where he fell out of favor. There was, I think he left the team, and there was a – a period where it looked like they were trying to trade him then. 
They made amends. He came back. Clearly, they had more problems. And it might be performance, too, but it definitely was not working for him there. This is interesting because I think the two names that we were hypothesizing about in the last week or so were uh, Kareem Hunt, who visited with the Vikings in August, but just signed on Wednesday with the Cleveland Browns, not surprising, and Cam Akers. And Declan and I, I think, Phil, I don't think that you you were on the episode. We talked extensively about this and like, okay, does O'Connell like him or does O'Connell know too much through McVay to say like, ah, I'm not going to touch that. But the other thing here too is desperate times call for desperate measures and the Vikings yeah. run game is a complete mess. So I would say if O'Connell has a bit of a scouting report or some things here that he doesn't like about Cam Akers, there also is the flip side, which is, you know what? If he can contribute on Sunday against the Chargers, for instance, I'm going to look past those things for now. Another, uh, can I just just pat Judd Zolgat on the back who cleaned up on Write That Down today for the Purple Daily edition going into the accountability session and then also predicted that they would add a running back just like eight hours ago to the 53-man roster, so... Bravo wow. to Judd. I'm not, you know, I'm not wow. one to throw out the compliments here, but Judd, thank you. Judd is on a heater right now. To write that down. Wow, dude. So who, but, who, go, me. who goes? We have we have not seen the other shoe dropping here. Well, and, you know, I guarantee. By the way, we're gonna say we're gonna speculate, and then we're gonna hit stop again, and then we're gonna find out who got cut. So Let's start again. You know, but yeah, they well, have not. This has not been announced by the Vikings. There hasn't been like a corresponding roster move. So who, who's the guy that they signed for the Dolphins right before the season started? So Miles, Miles, Miles Gaskin. Yeah, Miles Gaskin, who has not played yet, a candidate to go. How about this thought, though? And again, reckless speculation. By the time that you watch this, it could be decided. But how about Garrett Bradbury to IR? Not for the season. I'm saying for for, for four weeks. Four yeah. weeks. I mean, he's got a bad back. He's not playing. He's not practicing. Like at some point yeah. in time, that's a roster spot that you are taking up. Um, I don't think they're going to go out and sign a center because they've got one on the practice squad, right? So it might make sense to just give Bradbury those four weeks and say, dude, get your back right. And, and it's not like baseball where it's re- retroactive, right? It's it's so like you in baseball, you if you miss games. three games, you can retroactively. Right. So you I have believe- to you'd have to miss four more games if you but IR'd him. He ain't practicing yet. So my guess. My guess is a center with a bad back probably ain't coming back for a while. So that's just a possibility. You, Throwing it out there. You don't think they'd bail on. So who are their current running backs? It's Madison, it's Gaskin, CJ Ham, and then Ty Chandler. You don't think they would they would bail on one of those four Gaskin. guys? Gaskin might. They could bail on Gaskin, I guess. I think Chandler's yeah. safe. I think Chandler's totally safe. Um Ham, they absolutely love. So yeah, if they're gonna bail on a back, it's going to be Gaskin. And don't forget, Gaskin was um, demoted to the practice squad right before the season started, so he, so his salary wouldn't be guaranteed in week one, and then he was brought back. So, like, if they do demote him, or if they do release him, I think there's a fighting chance that he'll just end up back on their practice squad. Yeah. Well, I will say, I mean, if they're getting the peak, anywhere near the peak version of Cam Akers, then this, I think this would be a needle-moving move, but I just, I don't know, man. I know there's some Maybe there, there's some non-football sort of like this, you know, guys butting heads, coaches and, and cam Akers butting heads, things that might might have led to this. But I don't know that the Rams, who are trying to make the playoffs this year, I don't know that the Rams are just hunting on a really good running back here for a 2026 pick swap. 
So I don't right. I don't know that you're getting a peak version of Cam Akers here. I also don't know that you're getting the 22 carries for 29 yards version. There's probably a version there, sort of in between. Um, so I guess I guess we'll see. He'll he'll probably play now. Is he is he eligible to play? Because this is a Wednesday. Don't don't you have to be on the roster before Wednesday to play on Sunday? Like Reisner can play. No, I don't think you, so. I think I think you can play. Okay. Unless there's a rule, I, I, I don't think you can like, just like sign a guy on a Saturday. There's like a deadline at some point. I feel like you can't just sign a guy mm. on Sunday morning or. I so. think you could bring a guy in on a Wednesday and pl- and play him on Sunday. Now you might say, "Well, Phil, this is very complex. He's not prepared to play for us yet." <laughs> but I mean, he played for the Rams. O'Connell does a lot of Rams stuff. Um, yeah. I do think there's a, there's an interesting discussion here, gentlemen, though, to have about the Vikings and the perhaps misjudgments that were made that are causing this trickle down, this earthquake of moves now, mm. like Reisner, Reisner visited in August and it's like, okay, you're Owen two. Let's go sign him. Um, if you didn't think, you know, if you either didn't think that M- Madison could carry the load or I keep going back to this Ty Chandler helping out like Ty Chandler's lack of carries in two games has surprised me. I really thought he was going not to be used a ton, but I thought he was going to be used and he has not been. It feels like there are some corrections being made for misjudgments made by management here that are uh, a a little, a little later in the ball game than you probably would like. This is where there's two parts to this. Saying goodbye to Dalvin Cook appears to have been the right move. Get off of him before it's too late, right? Get off of future salary obligations. But the second move, which is, hey, okay, Alex Madison, Alexander Madison can absolutely be the load-carrying running back, and it'll be kind of a committee, but we're going to lean on him, and then we we love Dwayne McBride. I mean, Quasey said they had a starter grade on Dwayne McBride. He winds up not making the team. Now, he might have been like, uh, Quasey might have meant a future starter in two or three years, but either way, he did not make the team and he did not look good in training camp or the preseason. Yep. And so you want you want, so you wind up. I don't think you misjudged the Dalvin Cook thing, but you certainly misjudged your internal talent and then the guy that you pegged in the seventh round of all the running back options. And now you're in scramble mode, just signing guys off the streets or doing pick swaps in 2026. The last couple of weeks as the season starts. And I sort of appreciate it. Like, I'm I'm glad that they're acknowledging this, but I also, like, this is stuff that we talked about in the summer. Our show. We don't work at TCL, but, like, we had these discussions of, is this really the right move? And, yeah, I, I think we're all, if you think that they made a massive mistake by cutting Dalvin Cook and that contract, you're a Dalvin Cook fan, which is fine. But, yeah, this this is... This is you're lo- again. You're a loser. You're a loser. Yeah, yeah. You take your number four jersey, but but what's weird or two or I don't know what he wears. I'm just get rid of him. But what I don't understand is like is like what were the discussions, right? Like what was the internal offensive line discussion, or yeah. or what was the hey, you know what, Chandler and McBride can carry a bit of the load here. That's what we think. But then you get to training camp, and you're like, no, they can't. So like this. I guess my questions are, what did you guys really talk about? Like, what did you yeah. convince yourselves of? And that concerns me. But on the flip side, I'd rather see them try to correct mistakes than to just say, yeah, no, no, we'll be fine, because you won't be necessarily. Yeah. So, all right. Any other final thoughts on Cam Akers Jackson. coming in here? It's weird, because I feel like with Dalvin, uh, like, 
Dalvin Cook was the expensive lease that was coming to an end, and you rightfully so gave it back to the dealership because there was no point to continue to be paying the lease for the car. Like it just you, you were you you evaluated all your finance and you realized why so am I did. leasing this car? No, that's not exactly what I did. But uh, but then you end up driving like this old reliable beater car that's fine it can get you where you need to go but now you're running into more car problems because it's a used car and used car have used car problems and now you're just kind of basically turning all the wheels and trying to figure out what works for you here and it's not just madison that's been the problem like the line has 100 been a problem so there's external things that are working against you but i'm with you that it seemed like you made the right moves to trade in and get rid of the expensive car and expensive running back and dalvin cook but so far, your thought process of what is going to replace that has not also worked out either. Yeah. But then again, that's the beauty of running back by committee is you have the flexibility to draft guys two years in a row, bring, bring in other guys, you <laughs> five different running backs and a fullback that you're trying to find someone, some combination to take over for Dalvin Cook. So um, we'll see if Cam Akers has any gas left in the tank. Okay, now on to the originally recorded State of the Vikings offense episode that we finished right before this trade news happened. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Get in the know, nonstop Viking stock. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. A state of the offense edition of Purple Daily. Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. Uh-huh. I am out here, Phil Mackey, in lovely Cincinnati, scouting the uh, the other 0-2 teams in the NFL, the Bengals. See if the Bengals can dig out of their hole here. Steal the quarterback. He's hurt, but steal the quarterback. Bring him back. Stick would him you back. rather ha- Would you rather have this this high octane version of Kirk Cousins that we're seeing, or the potentially still injured, broken version of Joe Burrow for the next month? Well, if I get to get give Joe me, healthy, give me Kirko chains. If I get to get Joe healthy, then I'm going to steal Joe Burrow. Yeah, but I didn't say. I said the current broken version of Joe Burrow. Classic Judd giving a, an option that wasn't available in I, I in told question. you, I want you to steal him. I want you to bring him back. Stick him in your carry-on and bring him back, and we'll check him out. I will. I will. Uh, I'll see if I can stuff Joe Burrow in my carry-on and bring him back to Minnesota without being questioned. So um, <laughs> it's the state of the offense edition of Purple Daily here. Uh, I am uh, I am in Cincinnati for for Hubbard Radio. Hubbard Radio is our parent company here at Purple Daily for annual Hubbard meetings, and so thankful for the Marriott Wi-Fi here being high powered, so we can continue to do Purple Daily as a full collection at least a couple days this week. TCL is one of the world's best selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Learn more at TCL.com. And inspire greatness with TCL, an official TV partner of the National Football League. And a shout out to our friends at Park Tavern who have agreed to help host the first 2023 Purple Daily 
uh, live watch party with a live vent line to follow October 1st, mm. Sunday, October 1st, Vikings versus the fighting Adam Thielens, right? Mm-hmm. The noon kickoff, and we're going to be, the three of us are going to be watching the game live at Park Tavern. We're going to be doing vent line live in person at Park Tavern, and we would love to see as many of you as possible. No cover charge. You can come on in, watch the game with us, hang out with us, and uh, and uh, participate live if you want to on Vikings Vent Line Sunday, October first. Yep, same exact place that we did our uh, draft party, which a ton of you showed up for, and we appreciated it. Huge success! The eleventh frame, uh, the outdoor patio, October first should be hopefully a gorgeous day. We'll be open. There's plenty of TVs back there, so there will be plenty of room. Food, football, and beer. What more could you ask for in life on a Sunday? Hanging out with the boys and all of your fellow Purple Daily fans. There is nothing better. Yeah, it's uh, we did uh, we did a couple of these last year. We obviously do the draft parties the last couple of years too. So it's just a blast to, to hang out with all of you, and we're looking forward to it at Park Tavern on Sunday, October first. So it's time for our State of the Offense Thursday episode here, gentlemen, where we go through various categories of interest all throughout the season, you know, focused on the offensive side of the ball. So we always start with sort of the overall snapshot. Where does the Vikings offense rank in some key categories here? Statistically, analytically, points per game, Vikings 18th in the NFL through two weeks. Yards per play, second in the NFL. Well, they've been moving the ball, but they're not scoring as many points because they keep turning the ball over, which we will get to. Mm-hmm. Expected points added, sort of an analytical category here. 19th, DVOA, which is another analytic. Uh, they are 14th, so kind of a mid-pack offense, according to the analytics. In terms of the quarterback, Kirk Cousins, I'm, this is a new thing I'm going to give you guys every week, the state of Kirk Cousins and where he ranks compared to his peer quarterbacks. Passer rating. Second among all quarterbacks, QBR, which is sort of passer rating put into uh, context. So if you throw for 13 yards on third and 15, those are sort of hollow yards. Or if it's garbage time, you get less credit. If it's clutch time, you get more credit. So QBR, he's sixth in the NFL. EFF grade, he is seventh. And expected points added, he's 11th. So Kirk himself is off to a really good start. Couple couple turnovers that probably could have been prevented. Um, but just where do you, what do you guys feel about the overall snapshot of the offense, and then the overall sort of snapshot of where Kirk Cousins ranks? Well, Kirk Cousins has played well. I, I mean, I, I guess you know he's fumbled twice on being hit, which I don't love. But I guess my biggest fault with Kirk personally so far is uh, is the pass for KJ Osborne that got picked off in Week One, which easily could have been a touchdown. I think he threw to the wrong guy there. I think that that, as he admitted, that should have been Jordan Addison. Um, I think the overall state of the offense is interesting because the passing game has worked well, but the run game has been such a mess. It's last in the league, 69 yards in two games, which is incredible. Um, That I think it's somewhat misleading until you can actually run the football. Like it's great. The passing game is working, but when you literally cannot run the football, that takes away a lot of what you're doing well. So while the numbers look to be okay, when you take a closer look, if you can't run the football, you are basically going to be screwed. And so that's where that's where I'm a little more sour. But it is two games, 
And I would say that you are going to, at some point in time, run for more than about 30-something yards in a game. So hopefully it's this Sunday against the Chargers. Yeah, and I believe also their receiving yards, they are number one in the NFL. Passing yards, they're second in the NFL. So it's been this really bizarre chain of events where they cannot run the ball. It's actually has statistically been one of the worst starts to, for any two games to start a season for the rushing side of things for the Vikings. Yeah, it's just it's hard to really get a good basis, not just because of the small sample size, just because of how this how this season has started with the weird turnovers and weird field positions and fluky interceptions and fumbles. I wouldn't say the offense has been clunky. It's just I can't put my finger on it quite yet just because of how weird it's been. It's just been yeah, well some of it's they're not running the ball very often. They've you know, they've only run the ball twenty six times through the first two games. And some of it's just game flow. You fall behind against the Eagles and you or, but some of it's too it's just not working. So for whatever reason, whether it's just they're not running it enough, they're not calling it enough, it's not working. Kirk's been throwing the ball a lot. And it's it's tougher to move the ball through the air when the opposing team knows you have to pass. And so I give him a ton of credit through these first two games. Again, there's been a couple fumbles. There was an interception in there that just some some turnovers that probably shouldn't happen. Um, not all his fault, but if you take those away, he's been able to find Justin Jefferson for a ton of yards. He's been able to find Jordan Addison. He hasn't been shy about going to the rookie wide receiver a bunch in the first couple games. So I think uh, some some good signs from Kirk Cousins in the second year of, of this system, despite the 0-2 start, is kind of my main feeling. On the turnovers, all right, this is the next category here. So the Vikings have the highest Turnover percentage, not shocking, in the entire league through the first two games. Turnover percentages, percentage of drives that end in a turnover. It's 27% for the Vikings. Mm-hmm. So almost one, so one in every four, almost one in every three drives that they've had so far this year on offense has ended in a turnover. Two of those turnovers happened at the literal goal line. They're about, they're about to walk into the end zone. Justin Jefferson's outstretched arm. A.J. Osborne, ball is right there, and is, you know it was, it was thrown behind him, and there's two defenders. But, like, they went from having two extra touchdowns in the two games to having two extra turnovers and the ball going back. So 27% turnover rate, which is the worst in the NFL. For context, the Colts last season, for the full season, they had the highest turnover rate at 17%. So this is what I've been kind of preaching, which is it's awful. Maybe there's some unpreparedness, which Judd has been saying, but there is no chance in hell you're going to have a 27% turnover rate after you play this thing out for two months, three months, four months. At worst, it's going to be 15 17% at the end of the year if you're the worst team in the league like the Colts were at turning it over last year especially when uh, O'Connell in his Wednesday press conference talked about the fact that the Vikings were online ordering every gadget they possibly could to try and disrupt the ball from, from players in practice now. Like, I don't know if they're bringing in missiles or warheads or what, but he's like, we're online, we're on the, we're, we're trying to get everything we, we possibly can, every device we possibly can. I had a lot of weird things going through my, my head about what those things might be. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it's, it's yes, the odds of this keeping up are, would be historic and it's not going to, I'm much more concerned because of that, to go back to your first thing, Phil, 
about the run game itself. Like, that's a worry to me because until you show that, like, I have to believe that on Sunday you might have a fumble or a pick, but I would hope it's one at the most. Um, but I am more concerned about the run game on both sides of, of the ball, defensively stopping it, offensively establishing it, than I am the fact that they are going to, uh, what, they had three turnovers in the first game, four in the second. I'm not so concerned that they're going to have five against the Chargers. I am worried about the run game because I want to see it get going. Like that, that to me, is a legitimate concern. And I got a bunch of stuff in the next category about the run game. So we'll go we'll go a little bit deeper on that in a second. Back to the turnovers thing. So here's another one. So the Vikings have already lost six fumbles through three games. So six fumbles and then an interception. So six fumbles lost through two games. Last year, the Colts, who are a turnover machine, they led the NFL with 14 fumbles lost. So the Vikings already have almost wow. half the number of lost fumbles in two games. But the NFL's leader had in the entire season 17 games last year. There are three teams from last year that didn't have six fumbles lost for the entire year. And the Vikings have already done it through the first two games. So, again, some of it is, yeah, you got to, it's a point of emphasis for coaching. Why do we have guys that are dropping the football? Some of it is just like weird, bad football luck. The, The football gods are sort of turning against you. Uh, it's just like that's that's how it ebbs and flows with one score games. It's how it ebbs and flows sometimes with fumbles and they're just getting hit upside the head with it. And it's the huge reason why they're owing two. Um, OK, let's get into the running game here. That's the next category. These numbers are going to just make your head explode. So the Vikings are averaging 34 yards per game on the ground, 34 and a half, which is last in the NFL. They are averaging 2.7 yards per carry, which is 30th in the NFL. They have exactly two rushing first downs through the first two games. There are teams that have 20. I mean, dude, the Eagles had 20 on one drive, it seemed like, against the Vikings last week. Two rushing first downs in two games. Uh, Alex Alexander Madison, yards after contact. Per attempt. So this is uh, whether it's well blocked or not. Can you absorb some contact and go get yourself a couple yards, right? So yards after contact per attempt. Alexander Madison, 38th in the NFL through two games. And here's one more breakaway percentage. So this is this, according to pro football focus, shows which running backs earn the highest and lowest percentage of the yardage on explosive plays. So plays that you gained 15 yards or more, what what percentage of your rushing yards uh, are those big breakaway plays? Well, Alexander Madison has zero, so he's tied for last place in that category. So I know that some of this is offensive line. Alex Boone did a brilliant job on trenches, kind of showing us a couple run plays where Ezra Cleveland was out to lunch on one play, and Ed Ingram was supposed to be looking a totally different direction, and he's missing his keys. So there's some offensive line to be blamed here, but I also think Alexander Madison kind of seeing like maybe why he wasn't averaging more than like 3.8 yards per carry the last couple of years. So it's it's been bad. They can't run the ball. And I, I saw, I think it was on Monday or Tuesday, Seifert uh, 
tweeted out a stat that he is basically being hit almost immediately too. Like he's not yeah. getting, you know, it's, I, I think the average is like a yard and a half or two yards that you ordinarily get to sort of gear up. And then you, you got to break a tackle or two uh, just on average, but this is like, he's getting like 0.8 yards and then he, he's being hit. So yeah, the whole thing's been a disaster and, you know, to, to take the blame up to O'Connell. Um, yes. It hurts that the Vikings are trailing, but, He's also abandoning the run game for the pass game so quickly. My my fear is that you're going to, if you don't establish the threat, is that play action, which for Kirk has worked okay so far, play action, the threat is going to go away because teams are going to say, you're not going to do that. You, and it, and as Boone said, if you run, we we honestly don't care. So like what I'm more concerned about and why I think against the chargers, you need to establish a, a run and that chargers defense has been abysmal last in the league and past defense last in, in the league and overall defense. I think they're 20 something against the run, but I think the reason why you need to again, put it on film is so teams are like, Oh, okay. Play action worked there. Cause we're getting to a, like a critical mass of, Oh, play action. Yeah. Nice try. And that's where O'Connell has to stick with, the run more and yes it might struggle at times but if you abandon it now kirk is a sitting duck basically and your receivers are going to be blanketed so you've got to to be careful because the one you know in his prime if you go back adrian peterson did what he brought you know eight or nine guys into the box okay well now brett Favre could pass all day long because teams were afraid you have to at least, and I'm not saying that Madison could be Peterson. What I'm saying is if you completely take away the threat of the run, now everyone's going to hang back, and now good luck, Kirk, and you basically for, forfeited 50% of what should make your pass game successful, which is the complementary piece of the run game. Yeah, But it does feel like there's been, this is just sort of anecdotal, just kind of watching the games, that the play action has still worked pretty well for the Vikings. They've had a couple of bootlegs. so. Three. But sometimes it's not even about the success of the run. It's about just are you are you giving effort to running the ball and are you showing some run looks and uh, and then can you run a play action or a bootleg off of that run look and get the linebackers to come up? There was a pass to Josh Oliver that wound up going for like 15 yards in that game because yes. the linebackers got drawn up uh, with the threat of the run. So they have, even if they're not gaining yards, I think continuing to at least show run once in a while with what they're trying to do on offense. Can, can still be effective in your passing game. And if the run if the run stays th- this bad though, that play action is not going to, to be a credible threat. So that that's my point is you've got to you have to show it and have some success because I think to this point it's still a threat. It's just not working. But Kevin O'Connell has to stick with that. It, it could be Madison, it could be I don't know whom, it could be Ty Chandler. It's not uh, going to be Kareem Hunt because we saw that he signed with Cleveland. But the fact is you have to at least try to pound that thing home so that teams at least perceive it as a problem, which it's getting closer and closer to not being a problem. Sorry, Dex. And the Chargers have been atrocious on defense. Brandon Staley is supposed to be a defensive first head coach. I mean, he could be coaching for his job on Sunday. Uh, both these teams are gotten off to weird, uniquely 0-2 starts. Is Staley going to have enough counterpunch to try to sew up something that he should be pretty dang good at? Or can the Vikings expose a Chargers defense that has looked really bad and has allowed, like, I think back-to-back 48-plus or 40-plus points in the first two games of the season? It might be the exact type of team you can probably get your running game right against. 
I think Declan sent us, I think it was Dex on our group text thread that sent us the Rob Gronkowski clip from Hey Adam show. And, uh, and Gronk was asked about the 0-2 matchup here between these two teams. And he said, if the Chargers lose and drop to 0-3, he thinks Staley gets fired like like next week. Which would make Declan that, happy. Why? Because Declan predicted it? or Declan, Well, one, yes, he did write did, that I'm down. That today, but two, but, um, he's hated Staley for no. like a year and a half. Yeah, I don't oh. think he's a very good head coach. And okay. also... Kellen Moore will take things over and take that team to new heights. So got, it, got it. Got it. Got it. Then, but then Gronk said, if the Vikings lose and drop to zero and three, he thinks absolutely Kirk Cousins will be traded. Do you think, like, let's say they do lose this game? Quick side street here before we get mm-hmm. back to the uh, state of the offense. What? What do you think they're on the phone next week? Zero and three. My God, disaster start to the season. No contract for Kirk. Like, do you think they're actually on the phone if they fall to zero and three? No, not yet. I really don't. Like, it's yes, it's a disaster at that point in time. But I mean, we're, we're talking about the Wolves totally punting. We've never seen the Wolves completely punt. Yeah. We've never seen them them say like even in their worst seasons since they bought this team in two thousand five, they have never like fully committed to a, to punting and three games in with the guy who's developed Kirk. And and I don't think that there's still a guarantee that Kirk is gone. No, I don't see it. I, I know it's a great talker and it's reckless speculation and I love it. And I would love to sink my teeth into this talker and say, oh, yeah, I think he's gone for sure. I don't see it yet to you. There's a lot of people trying to make it happen, like will it into existence. There's the you know, we talked about Mike Greenberg, who's a Jets fan on Get Up, did a whole thing on it. And by the way, all of the panelists on that show a week ago agreed with him from Ryan Clark over to Mike Tannenbaum and a couple other former players. And then Rob Gronkowski bringing it up here too. So there's a lot of people that are sort of assuming that the Vikings wheels are off and they're trying to will this Kirk Cousins trade thing to the Jets. And then Zach Wilson plays like garbage again against that Dallas defense. So I don't know. man. I I do feel like you, you probably have to get two or three more weeks down the road. And okay, are you, are you one in four now? Are you... My God, are you 0-5? Like, I don't think they're going to start 0-5, but I, I, I'm with you. I don't think it happens this upcoming week. Um, one more note on the play-action front. So I found this. Even though they can't run the ball, Kirk Cousins leads NFL quarterbacks in uh, first downs converted via play-action pass this year. He's ninth in passer rating on play-action. And according to Pro Football Focus, he is the fifth highest graded quarterback on play action. So it's you run for 34 yards a game and your play action is still effective. That's pretty interesting. Does that breakdown say how, how many of those uh, play action passes have been from the boots? Uh, because Kirk is really effective from a bootleg. And, and that is frequently play action. Because if you watch him and he's good at it, what he does is he sells it and then rolls out. And Kirk on the run again, he does. He's not a he's not a speedster, but when he is on the move, he actually is really good. So I feel like the play. I feel like the combination of play action and Kirk being in the boots is what makes. And this is not new. Kirk has always been fairly effective in that environment. Yeah, I don't have data on what percentage of those are from the boots in the boots of the boots. Of the boots, but a boot that maybe, maybe Declan can look that up here. 
before the show is over. Uh, before we continue here on this state of the Vikings offense edition of Purple Daily, let's shout out our friends over at Livia, Judd, helping a lot of Purple Daily listeners change their lives. Most definitely, including yours truly a couple of years ago now. That's me. That's right. Left and a right. So what's the difference? 40 pounds down because of a program that 100% works and also helps you maintain the weight loss, which is ultimately the most important thing. Don't believe sports dad. Don't believe all of those in the PD community who have joined and lost weight themselves. Well, then believe this. Livia has been voted the best weight loss program in the state of Minnesota, three consecutive years running. And to celebrate, they have a special offer right now. Three months free. Your first three months for free. That's right. Imagine all the weight you can drop in that time. And you're just starting on a program that, again, it works. 855-GO-LIVIA. Livia.com. L-I-V-E-A.com. Insider out side of the state you can certainly join because you know if you watch this show in i don't know california tennessee florida guess what it can all be done virtually so lose that weight with livia let's talk about ag1 here for a second too ag1 has been a game changer for me going back six maybe almost seven years ago is when i discovered ag1 products and it just added a lot of value to my life having 75 high quality ingredients at my disposal giving me important daily nutrients. One scoop mixed with my water in the morning or middle of the day, and I'm covered. It's the first thing. You can either drink it first thing in the morning to spark your day. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's sometime around lunchtime. It's kind of up to you when you want to mix it in to your regimen. But if you're not great at getting the nutrients you need via food on a daily basis because you're busy, you're improvising, you got kids, you're running around, it's it's hard. It's hard to get the nutrients you need specifically from food, AG1 is that nutritional insurance for you. And if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, AG1 is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash purple daily. That's drinkag1.com slash purple daily. Check it out and let us know how it works for you. And, uh, you know, if you're uh, if you're in pain, you got joint pain, knee pain, whatever it may be, elbows, shoulders. Summit Orthopedic, a great partner of ours here at Score North and on Purple Daily, is here to help you. No referrals are needed. They offer same-day appointments, orthopedic urgent care seven days a week as well, starting at 8 a.m., 25 locations in the Twin Cities and greater Minnesota. You can learn more at summitortho.com. That's summitortho.com. Right back to the categories here. The next one is just Jordan Addison taking the top off, taking the mm-hmm. top off, mm-hmm. gentlemen. Jordan Addison, football, football, button bar here on the road. But uh, Jordan Addison, among all qualified wide receivers so far through two games, two games, these are small sample sizes, so we'll track these as we go along. He ranks fourth among all wide receivers in average depth of target. So how far down the field were you when the ball was thrown your way? Whether you caught it or whether you were just being targeted, how far down the field were you? He's an average of 17 yards from the line of scrimmage when Kirk Cousins targets him. Justin Jefferson, 11 yards. Jefferson, this is the thing, like sometimes we think Jefferson has these big home run plays and he does. He's much more of an intermediate ninja than like a deep, a traditional deep threat guy, right? 
And I think Jordan Addison probably at his base is a, is more of an intermediate guy too. But in this offense and with what they need from him, the first two games, he's taken the top off more than Adam Thielen did the last couple of years of his Vikings career. Uh, also, passer rating when targeted, all wide receivers ranked. What is the quarterback's passer rating when they target you? Jordan Addison, eighth in the NFL right now. So some some really impressive numbers and trends and and just like even just like the depth of target thing kind of validates what they were looking for when they replaced Adam Thielen with Jordan Addison. Yep, because he's got the speed. I, I mean, he, he could do all of the things that Thielen um, could do a little bit more probably five years back, but it dissipated and he can't now. And yeah, this is and and what's encouraging about this is if you can get the run game going, imagine this whole thing. Like mm-hmm. like parts of it are working, and the entire thing's not yet. So imagine if it all works because. The attention paid to Jefferson is such, and the reason why that the Vikings took Addison in the first round, Jefferson draws so much attention. He could go anywhere. He could go deep, he could go short, but no matter where where he goes, Addison is always available, which is why I would rather take a shot at times on trying to force the ball to him than KJ Osborne, because I just think, and Addison needs to start starting just to, like, he's the number two. He just clearly is. But the encouraging thing to me is, if you get this, and it doesn't need to be great, if you get this run game to middle of the pack, imagine what becomes of this entire system. Because, again, parts of it are firing. Like, the whole thing's not a mess. Parts of it are working. If the entire thing gets going to the point of what they probably perceived as possible, mm-hmm. this thing can be, this thing's going to take off. Like, that's the good news. And I would say, just in general, he's provided a nice little deeper threat option. We've seen that a few times already. And KJ Osborne is a fine wide receiver. And I think he looked really good in training camp. And there was maybe even a belief that there was a next step level. And you know, the Vikings keep doing a little cheeky with this three deep stuff. I saw, I think, another post today on their Twitter page of, of the whole three deep thing. But it's clear it's not three deep. It's, it's, no, it's not, that it's not stop, three deep. Stop trying to make KJ stop happen. Make three deep happen. Gretchen. Yeah. And, and let's, KJ. Let's stop. And KJ. Well, but, but who's the third? Are we putting is KJ the third in these images? Yeah. Hawkinson should be the third if we're gonna if we're gonna do it if we're yeah, gonna we do it. We shouldn't be doing. Just, don't do it. It's a little let's early, you know. Let's, yeah, we let's didn't just not do it. But did we start doing that at the beginning of the '98 season in anticipation? Oh, or did or did they wait? Did they wait they until? Okay, I think they waited. They definitely waited. I, I think they waited. But but this is look. If you're going to market this, it's it's Kirk, it's um it's Jordan Addison, it's JJ. To your point, it's Hawkinson. Like, let's go in a different direction here. But George, but what KJ Osborne is the three, okay, is fine. Like, he is, I'm not saying he's bad. What I'm saying is that he is a complimentary piece. The engine goes because of Kirk, because of JJ, because of Jordan Addison and TJ. Like, that's the engine, that's the motor. Um, KJ fits in, but he's not the motor here. So yeah, let's stop trying to make that happen. I'm yeah, with it's you. Just, it's 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 almost like uh, I don't know. You're almost like jinxing yourself a little bit here. You know, let's let's win a game before we start doing the three deep two point type thing. You know, amen. So so it's good. It's good to see jo- Jordan Addison through two games. Is it's funny because Justin Jefferson barely played his first two games in the NFL, which was in the incorrect decision by the Vikings. That uh, that this coaching staff and Kevin O'Connell have said, all right, yeah, we're not going to mess around like Mike Zimmer's staff did. Let's just put you out there 
and it has clearly paid off. They haven't won the games, but he's been effective. Uh, and then my uh, my fourth and last category here is the potential impact of Dalton Reisner. So he did speak to media today, and and we're finding out that he's he's a character man. Like he's he's a he's a big outspoken guy. And uh, I saw our guy Sam Ekstrom tweeted that it kind of reminds him of Alex Boone, our guy Booney, when he came to town like seven, six seven years ago, whatever that was. And of course, you know, people are like, well, hopefully. Reisner plays better than Boone. You know, Boone actually played well for the Vikings in 2016. Uh, the team sort of faltered, and their left tackle situation was a disaster next to him. But I'm not here to defend our guy. But here's my question, okay? Are you a little nervous that the thing that, the, that Dalton Reisner is the best at, which is pass protection, actually hasn't been a huge problem for the Vikings so far this year? It's been run blocking has been a much bigger issue for the Vikings than pass protection. So here's some data to back this up. We always bring data in, uh, in our Thursday state of the offense. So I'm going to, I'm not just going to throw this take out there. I'm going to bring data. ESPN.com has pass block win rate team pass block win rate. Did you hold up for two and a half seconds as an offensive line? Cause that's, that's what you're required to do. If you can give your quarterback two and a half seconds of time, he should, it's either a coverage sack after that or it's on him for not getting rid of the ball, right? Mm-hmm. The Vikings offensive line currently ranks fifth in pass block win rate after the first two games. You know, sometimes people like you watch just Vikings games and maybe you're not watching red zone or you're not, you're, you're too busy. You're not watching other games and you just get fixated on the mistakes that your offensive line makes. But if you watch all the other games, all the other offensive lines are also making mistakes and allowing pressure and, and the Vikings just so happen to be winning their pass block uh, battles almost 70% of the time, according to ESPN.com. There's a bunch of teams like the Falcons and the Bengals so far this year that are below uh, 45% pass block win rate. Yep. So Re- Reisner is a really good pass protector, but that hasn't been like a fatal problem for the Vikings through two games. Yeah, and he's not great in run blocking, which is also a concern because that's what they need right now. And um, this is actually like it's an interesting discussion because I think it's more I think it's more nuanced than the surface statistics. I think it goes down to this. I think there's a concern with Kirk. First of all, Kirk is Kirk. Okay, Kirk is not perfect. I mean, we've talked about this for years now. Uh, Kirk can hang on to the ball too long. Uh, Kirk can certainly need help at times. He's played well in two games. But from what I've seen from the eye test, I think they're concerned about pass protection wise is the amount the league is now so filled with defensive lines and defensive tackles in particular who win battles that you didn't have to concern yourself with 15 years back. Like you now have guys who they probably back in the day would have told to lose weight and play defensive end. Now they're saying bulk up and play defensive tackle because you're a good athlete. Um, and so I think what they're concerned about is from the eye test, some of the hits Kirk has taken. And no. I think they're, and, and I think they're trying to lessen. So it's not the, it's not the, it's not, he's taken too many hits. It's the type of hits. And I mm. think what it is, is a concern of when these big guys who are, cause it feels like what I think one of the reasons offensive lines have started to suck. Cause I mean, there's to, to your point, Phil, you're exactly right. There's a lot of bad lines. Like there's a lot of guys playing, who, who you're like, oh boy, I think what's happened is the athletes have started to switch to where the money is, which is the defensive line. Oh, and yeah. so oh, and yeah. so now you've got all these guys that, that are 
great athletically. They can be big, but they're really good. And the and the linemen are more like Garrett Bradbury. Hey, I'm a center, you know. It's and it's so, especially problematic on the inside, right? Yeah, like you're still exactly. you're still gonna get crazy athletes at left tackle. Hundred percent. But when you're 100%. matching up like some of these interior defensive linemen and some of the edge rushers that they put on the inside up against a guard, it's it's a problem. Yeah. At, that's that's why it's more of it's it's if you can have five guys that are working as a unit and there's not a weak link and as a team they are preventing Micah Parsons from you know wreaking havoc or whoever Fletcher Cox right yeah so I think what we're seeing here is Reisner was signed in part in part because they're concerned about what might happen to Kirk if that interior pressure if they don't in their mind shore that up so I think this is a preemptive move based on some of the hits and look. Tampa Bay, Philadelphia, they've got some defensive tackles who who won some battles there. So I think that this is more it's more nuanced than the actual where do you rank? It's yeah. it's can we keep our quarterback's rib cage intact for 17 games? That's what I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, and they just in general have to get that line, the right players in the right spots with Riser now in 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 the fold. You're like Bradbury's now banged up. Is Schlotman going to be the starting center going forward? You know, how yeah. do they want to handle all this moving and shuffling that now has to take place two games into your season between Ezra Cleveland, Dalton Reisner, and whoever the heck is playing center? So you want continuity there. You don't want fumbled snaps like Schlotman, you know, messing or uh, you don't want to see Schlotman dropping a snap to Kirk and whatnot. So just getting the continuity and the right guys in there to make everyone's life easier will be a lot better. Yeah. So we'll see how this all sort of shakes out and A, who's healthy enough to play. Because you got all these injuries, forty percent of your offensive line was out. So once everyone's healthy, then how does it shake out? Where does Dalton Reisner sort of slot in? Is going to be a big question. Dex brings up a, a really intriguing point, though. Garrett Bradbury has a bad back, which is a reoccurrence of a bad back from a year ago. Yeah. Um, how? Like, okay, I don't think he's going to play against the the Chargers. He didn't practice on Wednesday. Total guess on my part. But like, when he does come back. He's a center with a bad back. I'll say that slowly. He's a center. He bends over for a living with a bad back. So, like, what's the certainty there? So there, there is, there is concern because I mean, Austin Schlopman is a backup for a reason. Like, do you trust him to start all season? So there's some like, I I just don't know what the ultimate answer is going to, uh, to be. And I hope Dalton Reisner helps, but I've got some concerns. And you did. Quasi, you did re-sign Bradbury to a contract, and you knew he had a bad back. That's another thing that I think is going to to become if this if this is a prolonged problem, which I think it's going to be. That's going to become another like question about like why exactly did you sign a guy who wasn't great in the first place to a contract extension with a bad back? Yeah, you know maybe he should just uh, take a couple sips of Surly and get out there. You know, just uh, get a little. Do you think feel good before the game. You, you might as well try it. Back in the Civil War days, you know, they'd like amputate your leg. give you like a shot of whiskey and amputate your leg on the battlefield. That's what I do. You know? Well, so. well, fortunately, those days are long gone because what I'd like to talk about is the, the modern time, the before I die time that has nothing to do with war and everything to do with the Vikings winning a Super Bowl before we all die right there from our friends at Surly, Before I Die, it speaks to everything that we are about. Before I Die, this team is going to win a championship, and it's all going to start in your refrigerator on game day from Surly. Uh, the official practice report, by the way, for Wednesday, 
Let's see here. Just uh, Garrett Bradbury, DNP, Mark, Marcus Davenport. That's it's, like one of the sneaky things here to start oh, the season. He's a, still a DNP. It's not sneaky. It's very disturbing because this was this was the mark against him coming in. You're right. Yeah, he's just not not a reliable, durable player. So he once again, it's week three. He's just not practicing because he's got yeah. the ankle problem. And then Derisaw with the ankle was limited in practice on Wednesday. Jordan Hicks has a shin injury, and he was limited. And then Josh Metellus with the shoulder limited. Jalen Naylor with a with a hamstring. Wasn't that what he was battling in in the uh, training camp period? There was a leg injury of some sort. Limited. On the Chargers side, Eric Kendricks did not practice hamstring. He didn't play last week either. Austin Eckler with the ankle did not practice. Star running back. I think he... He missed Sunday's game as well. I, I think I think he and Kendricks might not play on Sunday. Joey Bosa, hamstring limited, and then Mike Williams, the big wide receiver with an ankle injury. He a full participant on Wednesday, so he'll probably wind up playing. So that's all the categories I have for you guys here. State of the offense, what we're looking at here after the first couple of games. Some really good signs, some really bad signs, and and we'll see how it sort of I think what I worry about is if they finally have a game where they don't bumble the ball away four times in the first half, but then the blueprints out on your run defense or something, right? Where yeah. oh, we're not turning the ball over, but we give up 215 yards. Now, if Eckler doesn't play, that's obviously to your benefit when you're trying to stop their running game. But right. it's it's probably less about the running back and more about just losing battles in the trenches and having small bodies out there. This is a good old fashioned shootout, gentlemen. That's what this. That's what this should yeah. be. Her- Herbert what's, Cousins. What's the over under right now? It's, as of the, this afternoon, it was fifty three and a half. That's that's a tie for an NFL that's game. Yeah. It's time for a shootout. Let's go toe to toe, mano a mano. Yeah. Kirk and Justin. Let's make it happen. Uh, by the way, uh, we, we uh, programming note here. We're going to move the random Viking of the week, usually on Thursdays, to Fridays live feedback Friday stream. So we'll do feedback Friday and a random Viking of the week competition on tomorrow's show. So there you have it. State of the offense here, Purple Daily. Please click the subscribe button and the like button on the Purple Daily YouTube channel, and you can also help us grow the channels and grow the platform and the community by giving us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you guys for helping make this one of the most popular football podcasts in America. We're looking forward to seeing you at Park Tavern on Sunday, October 1st for that Vikings-Panthers game, Park Tavern, live watch party, live event line. So uh, mark your calendars, and we'll catch you guys tomorrow on Purple Daily.